Welcome to the podcast that transcends awareness into practice. In this season, entitled Harmony in Relationships, we will explore together the steps in the dance of relationship. Each episode builds on the one that preceded it. I present your question. Your question, I respond. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. Patrick, welcome with your questions about uh, the episode of Opposites Attract. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here again. Yes. So, any questions, any suggestions, any additions on that incredible um, theme that when we get together with someone in a relationship, even if we agree and we find common um, interest and patterns, sooner or later, we hit a point that we are the exact opposite. And how mm-hmm. can that affect the relationship? So you, you listened to the, my presentation and, yes, uh, I did. and I'm ready to listen to your questions now or suggestions. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly your presentation on opposites it's very interesting um, because it, it raises a lot of questions and there's a lot of um, nuances in that topic uh, when, we, when we translate that into everyday relationships. And, you know, we often hear the phrase, well, opposites attract. Okay, that seems to be true a lot in nature. Not always, but often opposites do attract. But in terms of your presentation, then it, it seems to me the central question is, do opposites stay together? So, yes, they may attract. There's that initial intrigue, interest, attraction. But how solid is that? Beautiful. Um, yeah. That, that's and a you, great question. Yeah. Yeah. And you and you unpack some of that very nicely. Um you know, especially when you when you talked about, I think it's like when you meet someone new, and almost in any situation, we always want to put on our best face. So when we say, "Well, you see, what you see is what you get," well, sometimes yes, <laughs> and sometimes now, no. Now, Patrick, what you see is what you get if you read between the lines. If, okay, so let's, this is, let me work a little bit with that phrase. What you see is what you get when what you see is what you get. So reading Mm. between the lines is listening to what the other person says that they like and they don't like. They are, if you go to a restaurant, there are comments about... Uh, and I'm talking about when you first meet. I'm following mm. your what you just said, right? When right. you first meet and you're getting to know someone and that you're interested in, if you listen to what they say they like and they act on it, 
how they um, treat other people. What do they say about other people? What are their judgments? Because, of course, it's natural that we all have judgments. But Mm -hmm. what do they judge? Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's even if it's not anything severe, or they have a charge about it, you know, if it's something is a passing comment, what they say they judge, it means that that part, it's under, is disowned, mm-hmm. and the opposite of that is how they behave in the world. So if they say, "Look at that person, he's so selfish. Look how they behave." It means chances are their main personality is a, is a tendency to please others. Yeah. So that's how yeah. you learn when I say um, what you see is what you get. If you know how to codify, how to read between the lines of what they say. Mm-hmm. So the judgments or something they admire. If they say, oh my God, I love that. Chances are they cannot do that, but they wish they do that. Mm-hmm. Whatever they say they admire. For example, oh, I admire the person, how, how they, they walk in the room and, and they are not hesitant and, and they make themselves seen. Chances yeah. are their tendency is to stay a bit on the background. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you see is what you get. If you know how to interpret the admiration and the judgments, pass, mm-hmm. you know, it can be not, again, not severe of what the other person is saying and what the other person is actually doing in, 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 ac- in action, not just say. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, you know, another piece of this for me, when I first get to know someone and I'm sitting Maybe it's at a restaurant. Maybe it's just, you know, sitting somewhere and having getting to know someone. I always pay attention if the person shows any interest in me or is their conversation just about themselves and they talk about themselves and what they like and what they dislike. And that's very insightful. But I'm always a little bit cautious when people never say, well, tell me something about yourself. Well, what do you think of that? It's just it's it's a monologue, not a dialogue. If there's, so, and the, yeah. there's yeah, and I've noticed that happens with some people. And I, again, I try not to judge it. I just observe it and it's like, okay. Um, so you know, so it's interesting what people choose to reveal as opposed to what people conceal. If you meet someone and they don't ask you any questions about yourself, you get yeah. a lot of information about that. Right on, I'll Patrick. Say. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, and it's not, it, does, it, now, it doesn't become a dialogue and becomes a monologue. What yeah. you see is what you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other thing I... I um... Before you go further... I want to also address your very first question. Opposites attract, but do they, how did you phrase it? Do they they, last? Do they stay together? Okay. So that is a key question because whoever you end up with in terms of being in deciding to be in a committed relationship, like we said, sooner or later, you will find where your opposites. It is a matter 
of how you handle mm. what you find about the other person that is opposite. Either you um, embrace it and, and you enjoy it. You cannot be that, but you enjoy it as the other person is that. Or you judge it. Or you expect that the other person changes what they do different from you and they start doing it like yourself. A lot of people, unfortunately, when they see something they, they judge on the other person in a relationship, they think, ah, when we start living together, when, you know, she will change, he will change, I will change yeah. them. That yeah. is a fatal mistake. It now yeah. is what you see is what you get. Yeah, so the yeah. opposites, when you find the opposites, in order to live with the, how the other person is opposite from you, you need to, it helps tremendously if you understand that that is built into their relationship. It's not going to change. It's not going to go anywhere. So you have a choice, either to embrace it to, or to stay a little bit away from it. Or if you start judging it, it's going to start conflict. It's going to start ongoing conflict with no end, no resolution. So it depends. So the, the most helpful way is to honor that the person is opposite from you and to embrace it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. That's the only That's way that opposites attract can make a relationship last. And sometimes, you see, the most important thing also is that keep in mind that in relationships, you have to learn the art of being unlike yourself often, mm. often, but not, mm. not for you to change, but in order to be with someone, sometimes you, you take your main dominant personality in the background a bit and you become unlike yourself to be able to walk together, to be able to make it uh, flow. Yes, and it, it's also important, it seems that we must remember that getting to know someone takes time. You're not going to make all your judgments or hold all of your impressions based on let's say that first dinner date because I, I think it's important most of the time that we give ourselves and give the other person a second chance so maybe that first date was really awkward or somebody said something that you know was just didn't work and you know maybe the person or maybe you we're just having a bad day. It wasn't the best. You weren't. You were not presenting yourself, or the other person was not presenting herself or himself in the best way. So maybe they are worthy of a second chance. When now, sometimes there, sometimes there are uh, certain boundaries. It's like, well, okay, this has been nice. Have a good life. <laughs> yeah. When but, yeah, know, when I coach yeah. people and. Um, uh, dating, you know, I, I always um, encourage them to meet in different contexts. So mm. to be with people, to be alone, to be out in nature, to be inside, to go to dinner, to go to a movie, to go to, you know, to, to be with their friends, with your friends. Because yeah. exactly what you're saying, <laughs> uh, you need to see the person in different contexts. And... 
in, re, in connection with other people, how they treat other people. Yes. And giving yeah. it a second and a third chance. Unless, exactly like you said, if intuitively in the first meeting, you just know, like that deep knowing, that you, you feel it in your bones almost. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. not going to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, th and then another factor um, in, in terms of learning to navigate with someone who appears to be the opposite. Um, so, for example, you know, you're, well, let's talk about music. And, and the one person says, well, I love opera. And I, the other one says, oh, I don't I don't like opera at all. Well, have you ever been to an opera? No, that's not something I would do. Well, what kind of music do you like? I like heavy metal music. Oh, so very different sort of. Um, musical styles that they like. What is interesting is if each person says, okay, you've never been to an opera. Would you consider going with me once to have the experience? Well, okay, I, I guess I will. And would you come to a heavy metal concert with me? You can, you know, you can wear earplugs or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I'll try that. And at least then you have met the person halfway for that particular issue. And when it's over, maybe someone says, you know, I, I really like the opera more than I expected. Or, oh, that heavy metal music. I mean, I'm glad I went with you, but I really wouldn't go again with anybody. And it's not about you. It's just, so I think sometimes there has to be a willingness to say, let's try something together and have communication about it after the event. That's just an example. Like a, yeah. And that example also has another, in addition to what you said, you get information if the person takes you on. So if I invite you, uh, uh, Patrick, you've never been to an opera, come with me. If you say, all right, I don't like it, but I'll give it a try. Right there, it shows me a lot about your personality, that there's some opening and flexibility. And if you say, no way, that's yeah. what I like, that also information, it doesn't mean we are together, not together, making the decision at that moment. Right, but right. if you say to me, no way, I stick with what I like, I'm not open to other things, I also learn more information about you, that right. this is how you treat um, uh, new experiences, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, you know, it, there's an awful lot to um, getting to know people. It's a long process. And then, as we know, people change. And someone who maybe was this one person a year later, 10 years later, whatever, all of a sudden it's a new person, a new personality that has come forth. And then you, and then you have to almost start from scratch. It's like, I don't know who you are. I guess I want to get to know you, but I'm not sure. And you have to kind of start over. But that happens, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> I would say, I would dare to say, with most situations when people meet each other, and then mm -hmm. after a few years, at least that's when they come to me <laughs> in, in my office for, for sessions. That's how I know. It's like, I don't know who this person is. This person was not that person when we met. When we met, no. uh, this is a different person. And that is part of 
what I said in the presentation um, that I, I talked in the previous episode, that we carry many different parts. And as you enter a relationship, is the most natural, non-pathological, um, authentic part that, yes, as you spend more time with someone, you are getting to know different parts of them that it mm-hmm. feels like, who are you? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you that you were this yeah. person when we met. Yes, that's natural. A lot of yeah. people treat it as if it's a problem. Like, you didn't reveal yourself to me from the beginning. No. Yeah. It, there are yeah. so many parts of us that it's almost impossible to reveal all of our parts. And I'm glad you said it takes a year or five years or three years because this process to reveal it does take years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that takes a lot of patience, and um, and you know when when um, you know when people change and when I change in a re- in a relationship, you know that that's a that in itself is a very interesting phenomenon. I heard a um, a quote recently that that said, "Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing." And I had to sit with that for a while. And I thought, hmm, I think I agree with that. But let me let me think about that. Whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Now, I I go back to the the um, the serenity prayer that many people find useful in their lives. So saying, you know, uh, give me the serenity to accept uh, what I cannot change, give me the courage to change the things that I can change, and give me the wisdom to know the difference. That is a very important step, is to know the difference. What can I change about myself? What can I not change about myself? What can I change about another person? What can I not change? So I think the first step before, you know, um, before making, saying I'm making a choice about something, is to really know what the difference between what can I change, what can I not change about the other person and myself. Well, and again, I think that goes back to very open communication, saying, you know, I, I, in order for this to work, there are some things that need to change. Are you willing to discuss that? Are you willing to consider that? And then the conversation builds from there. But it might um, surprise you to hear that I don't think anybody can ever change. I believe in evolving, expanding. Because if you establish a pattern in your personality, it doesn't go away. It does, that part So if I happen to be a very, very, for example, I have a tendency to be very responsible. Anything you give me, I do. And then Mm -hmm. I get to know you, Patrick, and we get into a relationship, let's say, and you hold the opposite. You're so irresponsible. It's like (laughs) I give you something and I cannot count on you. Correct? So... Of course, we get into a conflict into relationships because I judge you that you're irresponsible and you judge me that I am uh, OCD, <laughs> that I take too much on me. So if we have, an, a, what you said before, an open 
dialogue and open communication, what we will hope for is that you will forever stay responsible. I will forever stay responsible as the dominant parts, but I will you will help me, almost inspire me by watching you leaving the bed and undone, leaving some dishes on, on, in the sink for like uh, more than a day. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. it's interesting, Patrick. I made you the irresponsible, right? And I am the responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it it, but it it would be by that if I allow myself to say, look, life can go on. Even if you don't make your bed, even if you don't wash the dishes right away. So mm-hmm. it can it can take the form of you are opposite way of doing things are inspire me. Now, mm-hmm. I will never stop being responsible, but I am you're offering me and I'm taking the opportunity to observe someone that does it opposite from me and I try to expand and sometimes do it like you. That's what I meant before when I said becoming a bit unlike ourselves sometimes. Mm. So I believe in where we are opposites, how can the can that that be an opportunity? It's almost like the universe put us together for a good reason to inspire each other where we are opposites. Those are the opportunities to expand. So Mm -hmm. I offer you the opportunity to try to be more responsible at times, and you offer me the opportunity at times to be irresponsible. And we become individually more whole, (laughs) more uh, we enrich our personality. But we don't change the original way we are. We we just incorporate, we have access of more choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Good. that's what I've seen and that's what I've experienced, yeah. Well, um, let me share with you another example. I think examples are helpful in having this conversation about opposites, opposites attracting and staying together. Um, if, if two people meet and say, for example, one of them is a smoker, cigarettes, and the other, no, no, I don't like smoking. I've never smoked. I don't like to be around smoke. I don't like the smell of it. Where do you go? Because you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's assume that both people are good people with good intentions, but one is a smoker. So... One is, one is very adamantly not a smoker. What do you do? Well, I think that's where the idea of negotiate, negotiation and compromise can come in. And I might say, okay, would you agree that you will not smoke in the house? That if you're going to smoke, you'll step outside and enjoy your cigarette. Okay, I can do that. And would you agree that before you kiss me, you'll brush your teeth? Okay, I'll do that too. So maybe there is some compromise, and yet the one person still wants to smoke and is not ready to consider stop to stop smoking, and the other person that finds smoking still very repulsive. But can you find a way to make that work reasonably so? And that is in a perfect world 
but I do have a, a, a case actually where I work where not only the person doesn't like smoking, that person gets sick of when inhales smoke. Um, that person yep. has asthma. Now, the, the partner does not agree to smoke outside. Yeah. So right there, you see, this is because it's beyond, I like it, I don't like it, I agree, I don't agree. It makes me sick. So this no. is an extreme case where it makes me sick and you're still refusing to smoke outside or to even open the window. So right there, that, just this example, it shows serious problem in the relationship. Yeah. You see? Because, um, again, it, in, in, um, that's why you have a dialogue to, to make compromises, to be unlike yourself. So smoking, agreeing to smoke outside is unlike yourself. You don't, you don't do your usual. You wake up and you light up a cigarette in your bedroom. <laughs> so right, smoking right. outside is unlike yourself, right? But this yeah. person, this particular couple, the one person refuses to go outside. Mm. So right there is something that um, it's um, is a block that, um, how do you handle that? So one becomes a victim. One yeah. becomes a victim where they are um, exposed to smoke, but they have a choice to leave, and they don't. So you see, that's the, re, the, the, the ev more, more frequent, believe it or not, Patrick, than let's discuss it and let's agree and let's, that, that is the way to handle it. But right. I also want to mention that opposites attract and then they can also kill the relationship. If, mm. if, and that is a definite, if there is no compromise just like you described it, if there's no compromise, if there is no dialogue, if there's no openness and willingness to be unlike yourself sometimes. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. These were amazing questions and um, the, the, our dialogue. <laughs> may, may, I, may I share one other story with you because it's very much related to the, uh, the, the smoking and not smoking. Um, I had an aunt and an uncle. They are both deceased now. And my aunt was a lifelong smoker, chain smoker. My uncle never smoked. And he was very fit. He would go to the gym and he took good care of himself. And, you know, and as it happened, when he was in his early 80s, he developed lung cancer. Now, it was nobody ever said it was unspoken, but. I'm pretty sure that it was secondhand smoke that probably caused his lung cancer, and he died of that. My aunt, who continued to smoke, lived to be 98 years old. Um, and I just, I wonder sometimes, did they ever have that conversation, or did they just not talk about it? Because it seemed from outside, they had a very good loving, attentive relationship, but that seems to be the one area that maybe they're just, they just didn't go there. She smoked her cigarettes and he ignored it, but he's the one 
who suffered and died. And it's just, you know, it's funny how how you can go through a relationship and something that's so critical, a health issue, secondhand smoke, could be just ignored. And and I'm just sharing that with you because that's that's another spin on, and I don't think they, I, I don't ever recall that they had an argument about her smoking. I think that he just accepted, well, she smokes and I don't and put up with it. Maybe Maybe he never thought that he would get cancers from secondhand smoke. That's just an interesting take on that example. Well, that take brings then the the um, the third actually um, possibility of ignoring and never talking about major issues. Yeah. All right. So we talked before about dialoguing and being open and making adjustments. That's one choice. The other choice is dialoguing, asking, and the other person refusing. And right. now you're bringing in, what about if it's never talked about? And that is also, I'm so glad, Patrick, you are on. <laughs> because that's another wonderful um, example of what happens frequently. Major things are not discussed. And it doesn't mean that the relationship can it will break. It doesn't mean that they will uh, they are unhappy even. Some things in re relationships are so complex. Whoever says I know everything about relationships, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so here I yes. am. This year we are doing harmony in relationships, but it's not because I know everything about relationships. It's because I'm also, after all these years, struggling to understand relationships, along with my, you know, my listeners, my guests. To, that's why we're talking about it. Because when in this example of not mentioning it is not automatically. A, a, a break in relationship. Some people yeah. manage cr exactly what you said, critical themes like that. Life mm -hmm. is in danger like that. They, yeah. they yeah. just leave it alone and they go along. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And, and I, I think you said in, in, your, uh, in your podcast that I listened to um, last week on opposites, I think you said something like that being in a relationship with an opposite, it offers us uh, gifts with limitations. I think those were your words. And I like that, you know, that every person, hopefully every person in our life is a gift and sometimes with limitations. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. This is a, this was a good one. Yes. Thank you. The next theme coming up is communication. Of course, communication and relationships. If you're interested in being in my podcast, please email me at awarenesssaxpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, yahara. <laughs>